You're listening to Day 28 of A Little Bit of Heaven, a special study from North Richland Hills Baptist and Cross Church, focusing on the Christian hope for this life and the life to come. Here's Pastor Scott Mays. How can anyone speak of heaven for any length of time and not relish the joy of the rest heaven offers? One of the best aspects I'm looking forward to in the new heavens, the new earth, is the rest God promises his children. Yet this one aspect of heaven has fallen into the lies of the enemy, for Satan has once again twisted something beautiful, made it into something ugly. Mark Twain, who never thought highly of either heaven or God, writes the following. Inside of 15 minutes, his description of heaven goes, I was a mile on my way towards the cloud banks and a million people along with me. Most of us tried to fly, but some got crippled and nobody made a success of it. We begun to meet swarms of folks who were coming back. Some had harps and nothing else. Some had hymn books and nothing else. Some had nothing at all. All of them looked meek and uncomfortable. One young fellow hadn't anything left but his halo, and he was carrying that in his hand. All of a sudden, he offered it to me and says, Will you hold it for me for a minute? Then he disappeared in the crowd. When I found myself perched on a cloud with a million other people, I never felt so good in my life. I gave my palm branch a wave or two for luck, and then I taunted up my harp strings and struck in. After about 16 or 17 hours, during which I played and sung a little, now and then, always the same tune, because I didn't know any other. Later on, he writes, Now tell me, does this go on forever? Ain't there anything else for a change? Yes, Satan has taken the image of heavenly rest in many people's minds and made it into a boring layover at an airport stretched out for eternity. Only the rest offered in eternity is anything but boring. Let's get into it. Heaven is a joyous place that offers us heavenly rest. John tells us that he heard a voice from heaven. Write this, Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord, John writes, from now on. Blessed indeed, says the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors, for their deeds follow them. The splendid news of heaven is that we want the rest heaven offers. For those believers in Christ who do manual labor today or construction outside in the hot southern Texas sun, there's coming a day when you fall back in your chair for a time of rest. For those who dread the crushing commute and the sterile atmosphere of a cubicle in a large corporation that seemingly doesn't care about you, I'm happy to tell you there's a place of rest one day. Yes, there's days coming when there's no dread for the Monday to turn up on your calendar, and there are no such thing as hump days. Heaven is a land of restful enjoyment. Now, Some might wonder, why is rest needed? If we have transformed bodies that are fully healthy and vibrant, While others may be pondering, I thought the Bible says we'll be working in heaven. And you'd be both correct. Consider the following. We should expect rest in heaven because of the premium God places on rest himself. We're told when God created that world, he rested on the seventh day, Genesis 2. Using this pattern, God commanded humans to set aside one day each week for a day of rest. From this, we can expect that even Adam and Eve rested from the labors, their labors, one day a week, even while they were in the Garden of Eden, a perfect place of beauty and joy. 
Yes, we will enjoy fruitful labor in the future new heavens and new earth, but we will also rest. God rests on the seventh day before sin entered the world, and we can expect to rest in the future sin-free world. Imagine with me the great company of heaven resting as you hear the words of Hebrews 4. So then there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God, for whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his works as God did from his. Think of heaven with me. Think of it even now and see the Apostle Paul. No longer is he running from city to city spreading the gospel. Look over and see Moses no longer fretting over the people's complaints. Watch with care Sarah, Abraham's wife, no longer running after Isaac at her advanced age. Gone are her anxious moments. Gone are the anxious moments of the battle-torn worry on Rahab's face. And linger over the scene of the many martyrs in heaven laughing, laughing and resting free from the murderous threats successfully carried out against them in earlier life. None other than Spurgeon comments, the saints in heaven have a better rest than sleep can give. But sleep is the nearest word we can find to describe the state of the blessed. Yes, it's quite a picture. But one of the best aspects of rest I'm looking forward to is the rest from the inner sinful conflicts I've experienced in this lifetime. Even Paul had these very same battles. He writes, Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Friend, the day is coming when no more moral and spiritual battles need to be fought. Only the pure and holy can rest in the immediate presence of God, and when I receive my transformed, resurrected body, there'll be no more inner conflict inside me. Just as there is no more war between us, there'll be no more inner conflict in us. Three one-syllable words are so vital here. No more sin. When he returns, he will transform us and he will vanquish our inner rebellion and our outer weaknesses in giving us a rested, resurrected body. No, Mr. Twain, heaven isn't boring because of rest. Instead, it's all the more joyful because of the eternal rest of pleasure. Thank God Jesus made good on his claim. Come to me, all ye who weary and labor, and I will give you rest.